happy, and we're talking about happiness. What is it, and how do we find it? How do we get it? How do we hold on to it? And how do we move forward in life with that? And we talked last week, we're not talking, when we talk about happiness, we're not talking about like fleeting happiness. Some of you may know, so I'm, I'm a Cardinals fan, but I, I grew up in Houston, Texas. And last night, I was exceedingly happy when the Astros defeated the hated Yankees not as hated as the Cubs, but still the hated Yankees, to to get a a World Series berth. So uh, the Nationals now have to go down next. But if all of my happiness hangs off of the Astros winning, then if they wouldn't have won, I would not have been happy. And so we're not talking about fleeting happiness, happiness that comes and goes. What we're talking about is a deep and abiding happiness, a happiness that, that carries us, even in the middle of brokenness and sadness, we can still have that, that deep sense of abiding happiness and joy. And, and we talked about last week that no thing buys us happiness, brings us happiness. We don't get happy through stuff. Instead, it's good relationships that lead to a happier and healthier life. And that wasn't just me. It wasn't just Jesus. There was a, Last week, we also had a TED Talk. Y'all got to hear from an expert, somebody that's more expert than uh, me, not more expert than Jesus, though. And so we, we heard that happiness is based off of good relationships. And, and it sounds so easy. It sounds like, okay, well, I could do that, right? Except for that one word. And that word is good. And good makes the relationship a lot more difficult. And here, here's, a, here's a great example. So let's just say uh, you, you meet somebody. Maybe you're going on a date for the first time, or, or maybe you remember going on a date, or maybe it's a friend that you met, uh, and you're like, man, that, that was fun. I had so much fun hanging out with that person. Uh, maybe you're not like me, and you don't go all introspective and be like, well, what did I really like about that person? But instead, you're sitting there going, oh, that was a great time. Uh, and, and if it was a date, you know, you were, you were like, wow, I, I kind of want to do that again. This would be fun. Let's, let's see where this goes. And, and then what happens is like maybe, maybe sooner, but like 10 days, two weeks, something like that, then something happens. You notice something. It's like a, an issue that, that creeps up and, and you see that, hey, uh, you know, maybe it's you chew with your mouth open, maybe you, you're, you're you know, too loud, you're a close talker, whatever it is, and you're like, man, I really wish that they would not do that. And so you address it and you're like, hey, I really wish you wouldn't, you wouldn't do that. And they're like, oh, I'm sorry, no big deal. Yeah, and, and then, but what happens is shortly after, it happens again and you're like, wait a minute, they're doing this again. We already had this conversation. And it leads to the understanding, man, they've got issues. It's not, it's not that, that you didn't tell them, but they have issues. And, and the reality is this, that your issues and my issues make for a lot of issues. It's a mathematical equation that ends in uh, making a, a good relationship much more difficult. So having a good relationship is hard because we've got issues. We, we all carry these issues with us. And a, a while back, there was a popular song on the radio by a, a girl named Julia Michaels called Issues. And the song, one of the lines in the song said, we've got, I've got issues, you've got them too. And the whole idea of the song was we need to figure out how to, to work through to, to understand that we all have issues and we can get through it if we have a little bit of understanding because we all know we have issues. And we struggle to overcome some of those issues. Some of them, 
we don't struggle so hard to overcome. We, we know that they're there. We're not so concerned about them. But issues can mess up a good relationship quick because they, they enter the, the, the brokenness enters into those relationships. And so uh, we're, we're going to recognize, I, w- I, want, I hope that you recognize that getting right with our issues is the central message of the entirety of the Bible. Now, I'm, I'm going to simplify this. Here it is. Creation, issues, brokenness. That, that, that's the central message of, of why we need God, but the, it goes on from there, fortunately, because God doesn't leave us in our issues, but our issues in, in the Bible are, are called sin, and so our sin causes bad relationships to happen. Our sin breaks our good relationships. And in order to, to embrace that and to kind of have good relationships, we need to understand there is one, one thing that we can do in our lives that's going to change everything. If we want deep abiding happiness, we have to figure out how to deal with messy relationships. And, and there is a, a discipline that we need to look at and we need to, we need to take into consideration. And th- it, once I tell you this discipline, your mind is going to be blown because you're going to be like, wow, that's so easy. I could have done that from the beginning and my, all my relationships would have been good. It's going to be like a magic word. I'm going to tell you now, hopefully you're like, well, I wonder what this word is. <laughs> the problem is you've already heard the word because the word is forgiveness. We need to have a discipline of forgiveness in order to have good relationships. Isn't that interesting that our, our core understanding of the Bible where, where God seeks to forgive us is also the core understanding that we need to apply in our lives to others so that we can give and receive forgiveness so that we can have good relationships. Forgiveness is key to relationships with God, with relationship with ourself, and relationship with others. And, and we're going to look at that through a, a, a group of letters. So there was this guy named Paul. Paul was a pretty big, big, important guy in the New Testament. He wrote most of the New Testament. And, and so we're going to look at a, a few of the letters. So what Paul would do is he would go to a church or to a, a place and he would start a church, and then he would move on. And the whole idea then was, I want, to, I, w- I want to check in and see how the church is going. So he would write letters back and forth to the churches, and we're going to look at several of those letters, bits and pieces of some of those letters today. We're going to start with Colossians, and we're going to go to chapter 3, verse 13. But before we get there, sorry, I had you jump the gun. It's good. Uh, before we get there, I just wanted to say, if you, if you have your Bible with you, feel free to open it up and join with us. If you don't have a Bible, we would love to give you one. We have Bibles outside. They are free. You don't have to sign up for anything. You don't have to do anything. We just want you to be able to be, uh, be in the Word of God. If you have an app, feel free to open that thing up and, and get with us. So here it is. Colossians, it was a church that Paul was writing a letter to, And the reason that he wrote the letter to the church was because they had issues, because we all have issues, but this church had issues. And you'll be able to hear one of the issues they were dealing with in this verse. It says this, bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. First, we need to, I think, look at the end of that statement. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. Because it's important, it's important for us to receive 
forgiveness for, for the things that we have done. In order to have good relationships, one thing we have to do is receive forgiveness. And that's because we're mirrors for our experience. Now, there's a connection between our ability to forgive and our experiencing forgiveness for ourselves. Uh, and this is a major purpose of Jesus' ministry was to let us know that we're loved and forgiven and, and so that he can fix our relationship with God. And this is so fundamental for us. And this is why the great commandment starts with love God. It was, it was a, it's an order uh, that we follow in order to have good relationships. First, love God. Second, receive God's forgiveness for yourselves. Third, love your neighbor as yourself. The second one is implied, in case everybody's like, I don't remember that in the... So it's, it's implied in there, is we need to receive that forgiveness, because when we receive forgiveness, when, when God forgives us, if we don't receive it, then we're not really carrying that with us. We're, we're just carrying around the baggage of it. And, and the major purpose of Jesus' ministry was to let people know that we're forgiven by God, that, that God has a different position than maybe people thought. And here's what I mean. At the time of Jesus, and quite frankly, some people even today, the idea of God was, was this, that there is a cosmic police officer in the sky that will either bless you if you do well or punish you if you do wrong. And, and, and this, in my head, when I, when I, when I used to think about this, I, I see just an angry kid on an anthill with a, with a magnifying glass, roasty toasting those ants as they come out. You do wrong, oh, zap, you're done, right? And that, but Jesus came to change the perspective. God's, God's position wasn't that way in Jesus' head. Jesus was saying God has a, a predisposition for forgiveness, not one of anger and wrath. And that's, that's really where, where we're going we're gonna to be looking at today, because if that's the case, when Jesus explains who God is to people, it changes the way their understanding is, and it should change fundamentally our understanding of who God is. Because when we recognize God's posture is one of forgiveness, we can start to receive the grace that God offers and not, not be so worried about what we've done wrong in our lives. And here, here, here's the main reason, and, and the key is this. When, when you're sitting there trying to be obedient because you're afraid God is going to punish you, you operate from a place of fear instead of from a place of freedom. Here's, here's in Romans, Paul writes this. Or, um, yeah, in Romans, Paul writes this. The spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the spirit you receive brought about your adoption to sonship. By him we cry, Abba, Father. Not only does Jesus change the position of God, but Jesus says that God isn't just like this cosmic guy in the sky. He wants to act as your father. And, and it changed the whole way that people understood who God is and what God was all about. Now, I know I'm spending a lot of time here, but this is key for our understanding. We have to get this. We have to understand this. Life could be different if we understand and fully accept it. And I know some of you here need to hear this today. God knows you have issues. God loves you anyway. And God wants to help walk you through those issues into a right relationship. 
And he does that through Jesus Christ. And it's all free. There's no effort, no, no hurdles you have to jump through. All you have to do is accept it. And then, then the real work begins. And that's, that's the thing, is knowing God has forgiven us and forgiving ourselves are two different things. If you're anything like me, you carry around that bag of all the junk I did when I was younger. And, and for me, it's a pretty big bag. It's an impressive bag, actually. And there are so many things that I re- regret doing and so many things that I wish that I had done differently and so many things that break my heart when I think about what I did because I perpetuated issues, brokenness on other people, and it's hard to get past. And, and so we, we focus on that, and, and we, 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 we just, some of us really, we're, we're martyrs to our bag. I just want to carry around my bag. I was a bad, bad person. Check out how bad I will look. I'll open the bag, and you go, don't go too deep, though. You know, I mean, it's this crazy idea of, of I've got a great story to tell you about how bad I was, and instead of recognizing that, that we've been liberated from that. Here's, here's what I mean. In Romans, um, or, uh, yeah, in Romans we, we have a, a verse that we're pretty familiar with. And it comes from Romans chapter 6, verse 23. And it says this, For the wages of sin is death. And typically we just stop there. Because that's it. Yeah, the wages of sin is death. And sometimes we can use that as a, the wages of sin is death kind of thing when you're misbehaving or something like that. But we forget to continue where it says, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. See, we, we forget to keep that up. And, and, and the problem is, is because we're not ex- accepting God's forgiveness for ourselves. We enter this shame spiral of, of things that we've done wrong and things that, that cause us problems. And the key is to know that you are forgiven and receive that for yourself. There was a, a guy named John Wesley. Uh, he's a kind of a hero of mine. I actually have a bobblehead of him. Uh, he was the founder of... That's not why he's my hero. Um, but most of my heroes I have bobbleheads of. I'm just saying. Uh, anyway, John Wesley started the Methodist movement. But what a lot of people don't know about John is that he was, before he started the Methodist movement and, and it was successful, he failed again and again and again to, to move the Methodist movement forward. And the key was, he was an Anglican priest. The key was, he did not accept forgiveness for himself. He was trying to earn God's forgiveness. Time and again, he was working for it. And he had just come back from a failed trip to the United States. He went back to England and went to this place called Aldersgate. And he goes to the meeting at the house at Aldersgate. And that day, there was a reading from the epistle of Romans. And it was the preface to the epistle that was written by this other guy named Martin Luther. I don't have a bobblehead of him yet, but if you find one and get it to me, I would really appreciate it. <laughs> Martin Luther said, wrote a, a preface to it. And John John felt something different. He said in his journal, I felt my heart strangely warmed. And that God's forgiveness could be had even by me. And so he finally accepted God's forgiveness for himself. And it changed the ministry and the way that he did things forever. Because from then on, his ministry and his focus was on showing people the grace of God showing them that they could be different 
inside God's grace and that they don't have to work or earn God's forgiveness. So he accepted it for himself and that changed everything for him. And that's key for it. It's, it's important for us to do that so we don't hold on to that bag, so we can let that bag go. And here's a, a key piece of information. A lot of times we use the word forgiveness for what God does, but God does so much more than forgive. In the church, we use a, a, a special term. It's called justification. Justification is what has happened to our sin. Our sin has been paid for and is not just forgiven because if, if you're forgiven, you still did wrong, Right? But if you're justified, if Christ has justified us, it is as far as the east is from the west, we don't have to carry around the burden of I still did wrong. We can let that bag go and know that Jesus has taken that for us and that we have been set free from that. That is the gift of Jesus Christ. That's the good news of Christ. We don't have to work for it. We get it as a gift from Jesus. And so my hope is that as we're, as we're sitting here going through this, we understand just what God has done for us, because it's important for us to know that. So in Romans chapter 6, verse 23, we read this. For, uh, I'm sorry. In, in, in 2 Corinthians, gosh, 5, 17, we read this. Therefore, if anyone is, a new, is in Christ, they, the new creation has come, the old has gone, the new is here. We're not the same people we were. Jesus didn't come to give us, to, to make our good life a little bit better. Jesus came to give us a brand new life, a whole new life. That's what we receive in Jesus Christ. Amen? All right. And it's only after receiving this and accepting God's forgiveness for ourselves that we can move to the next step and start to share that with others. The key to a good relationship is living a life of forgiveness toward others. Remember that verse, Colossians 3.13, bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. I, when I moved out here uh, to, to the great, uh, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know what to call it, to Springfield area, when I, when I got to come out here, I didn't have a house most of you know this. I was living off of division, and I was driving down Highway 65. My first day in the office was Monday, uh, and it was, it was, uh, I was driving in down 65 from division, and I, I wasn't very familiar with the problems on the road, i.e., they were doing some repairs to, uh, uh, to 65. Now, I've learned that they're always doing repairs to 65, so it's nothing new. However, this time, I, I was driving down, and I was in the far left-hand lane, the fast lane, and I wasn't speeding, if any of you are like, oh, he was in the fast lane. Um, uh, well, maybe I wasn't speeding. Hopefully, I wasn't. Anyway, driving down the road, and, and I'm, I'm excited about the whole idea, the prospect of what's going to happen. I'm, I, we've got so, so much potential here at the church, and, and all these things are, well, are they going to like me? Is this going to be a great day? All of this is going through my head, and I'm, I'm in the fast lane. And what I'm not paying attention to is the signs that say lane ends, <laughs> right? So I'm driving, and not everybody knows this story. So uh, I'm driving, and, and now I start to see oh, golly, perhaps I should get over. <laughs> and at this point, I also see, oh, golly, there's cars for days in the next lane because everybody else is like, what is wrong with you? 
And so I'm driving down the road, and I'm like, okay, now, now, I, and I put my blinker on, and I'm like looking, and now, now my adrenaline's pumping, and I'm like, I'm going to have to stop, I'm going to be stuck here, sitting at this turn, like, oh my gosh, this is great. And I know the other people are like, what's wrong with you? So all of this has gone through my head, and I don't realize that this car that was on my right has actually slowed down almost to the same speed I'm going to let me over, because, oh man, God bless him. He was a great guy letting me in, uh, but I didn't notice that, and so he beeps the horn, and it scares the crud out of me. Now I think I'm going to die, and I look over, and I say, oh, okay, thank you. Oh, gosh, I'm such an idiot. Sorry. Got in. Oh, not, not going to do that again, I promise. So I drive the rest of the way and get to work. The day was great. Now, fast forward 10 days, two weeks, something like that down the road, and I'm driving in the middle lane, because... I'm a genius. I've done this before. I know what happens in the left lane. It stops. But there's a car in the left lane. You dummy. I'm starting to explain to this car, hey, man, the road ends. You need to get over. And, and my son says I have an unrepentant sense of driving. Uh, I, don't, I, I, I just say I'm, I'm vocal. It, it, it helps me to feel better. So I'm like, hey, you got to get over. You, you're in the left lane. You need to pull. It's going to stop. And so now he's driving, and I'm, I'm getting really frustrated because I'm like, man, now I'm going to have to slow down. And so there it is. He's starting to put on the brakes, and I start to slow down. And I'm like, come on, just get in. I'm, I'm, there's room. And I beeped the horn, and it was at that moment that I had an epiphany. I call it the epiphany of idiocy. I was that guy. It was the same exact thing that I had done, and I started cracking up laughing. I was like, that poor guy is doing exactly what I bet he was just as nervous and going, oh my gosh, what do I do now? And it, it freed me in that instant when I realized just how, how much like that guy I was. It freed me from the frustration I was feeling, from the irritation, and I actually started laughing about it because I recognized he was a mess because I had already been that mess. And that's kind of the key for all of this. When we recognize what God has done with us, in us, and through us, we understand how much we have been forgiven. We're able to offer that grace to others in a way that changes things forever. Our tolerance gets higher. Our annoyance gets lower. We offer more grace to others and we let go of anger easier. Forgiveness allows us to let it go. The more we realize that we are just like those folks, our issues and their issues are the same. And here's the one that kicks, that, that just gets me every time. The things that frustrate me about other people are the things that I do wrong most of the time because I notice them. So it's crazy how that works. So when I, when I start to notice that and start to let that go and offer forgiveness, it's a time when I can show grace and we can build good relationships through that. That's what carries all of this. Forgiveness, a forgiving lifestyle, leads to good relationships. This makes forgiveness the key ingredient in having a good relationship so that you can find deep and abiding happiness. This, this, is, this is not life not, not something you haven't heard. You, you've, you've heard this before. But if you, if you live into it, if you truly focus on that, you can make a difference. So how are you doing on forgiveness? How, 
How, do you, how can you do better? That's, that's a good question. Or where do you need to do better in your relationship with God, in your forgiveness for yourself, in your relationship with others? Because if you, if you take that and, and embrace that, it can change everything for you. I get this can sound a little self-helpy. I really do. That uh, we just need to forgive and be happier, right? That's not what I'm after. What I want you to hear is that it's God's grace that allows us to forgive in the way that leads to happier, holier relationships. And God offers that to us. So receiving grace and giving grace, just like we've received, becomes key. So I want you to imagine, imagine what your life would look like if you put this into practice, if you really took it seriously, if you believed that good relationships led to a happier and healthier life, and that if you practice forgiveness so that you could develop those relationships into good relationships. Let's pray. Holy One, you have given us the greatest gift of all. You have given us yourself. And we thank you so much for Jesus and the forgiveness that we receive through Christ. And God, we have heard time and again of the forgiveness that we receive. But help us to move that understanding from our brains to our hearts and help us to embrace the gift of grace that you offer us so that we can understand that, that, that we have, have been forgiven, but that we can also feel forgiven so that we can let go of that bag of all of our past mistakes and not let them define us anymore. Father, we thank you for that, and, and we ask that by the power and presence of your Holy Spirit, that we would be transformed more and more into the image of Jesus Christ, so that when we see others with issues, that we can offer grace and forgiveness, and that we can have healthier and holier relationships. God, I just pray all of this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.